You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. Just one before I die. Just one less miserable Minnesota sports game to watch, you guys. I'm Jesse Pierce from NHL.com. He is Judd Zulgad, Score North's own Minnesota sports dad. And over here, we've got our producer, Ross Brendel. Ross, the pain of the Vikings has always let you know that you're alive. And last night was beyond painful. I want to start tonight's episode off, or today's episode, excuse me, with adjectives, maybe a little bit of wordplay. What is one adjective that you can use to describe whatever we witnessed last night? Judd, let's start with you. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I can't really use those words. It's a family show. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, that's one of the worst football games I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of bad football games. I've seen go for football games. Um, I mean, that was absolutely – that's two teams that didn't want to win. Mm. I mean, it was horrific. It was abysmal. just absolutely – it was abysmal. It was horse bleep. It was so Poopy. many different things. Yes, it was – that was literally – it was one of the worst games I've seen, and I'm not. I'm not being flippant. No, I would agree. I mean, Ross, what do you make of the 12 to 10 L2 dub bears where your Minnesota Vikings now fall to six and six, where I think Judd's absolutely right. It looked like neither team wanted to win. It was just kind of a push it off and see what happens. I think what I'm most perplexed by is I think logically, I think a lot of us knew that there would be this Dobbs come back to reality. Dobbs would settle in and we would find out what the Josh Dobbs is. I'm honestly not convinced that is not what Josh Dobbs is like day in and day out, right? He's just, that's not what you could expect game in and game out going forward. But that was Spurgeon win Josh Freeman dreadfully bad until late in the fourth quarter on so many levels. It To me, guys, it was classic Vikings. It felt unwinnable right away. Even when the Bears go down the field, they eat up half the first quarter, they miss the field goal. The Vikings immediately go three and out and give the ball back. I texted a few friends. I said, this just feels like a game that the Vikings are going to lose. Then they score late and you go, well, all they have to do is realistically go 30 yards to kick a field goal or 40 yards, whatever. And they end up getting more than that and they do it. I don't know how to process what we saw other than if you love the hilarity of what football can provide and you're a Minnesota Gophers and a Minnesota Vikings fan. You have seen two historically, biblically bad 12 to 10 football games this year. And I got to be honest, I don't like the result of the second one, but I'm glad I watched them both. I mean, that that for all the wrong reasons is must watch football. And there are so many things we can break down from that game and talk about how we got to that 12-10 final score. But just yikes. That was yikes. more than an adjective, I think. Poopy. Yeah, Why well, said poopy? The, go- the Gopher Iowa game, though, was so bad it was good. This was just horse bleep. Like, this was unwatchable. My eyes were bleeding. There was nothing. The Gophers Iowa game was had some great 
misplays, right? And you got the and you got the punt where the guy, you know, fair catches. He didn't fair catches. I actually had fun with that game. This game was I was literally like begging for it. Thank God it went quick. What did Buck say at the end? This game is over. Thank God or something. Like yeah, there has been pink eye going around in my house, and I've avoided it. But I wish I had pink eye last night to avoid watching what I witnessed. I mean, it's just been painful on the eyes. Not really. I've, it's been lucky for me. Um, you guys, it kind of felt though like the clock struck midnight and the princess turned back into Cinderella, right? And the and the pumpkin, I think that was my favorite reference. Because is that Josh Dobbs? Four interceptions right out the gate. I mean, there was a reason that he was available, right? There's a reason he was this third string. Do you think that's who he is or do you think there's better like Ross alluded to it? Certainly, I'm not willing to say he's as poor as he played last night. But man, how do you go from what he had achieved his instant first game to what happened last night? I think this. I think if we are going to get what Kevin O'Connell asked from Dobbs last night and really a week ago Sunday against the Broncos, Jess, um, then I don't think he he should start. I would (laughs) actually start Mullins, maybe Hall. But if I want that quarterback, which is a pocket, I mean, I think they dropped him back 32 times. He ran twice. He did not use the skill set at all that he definitely used against the Falcons. Um, and it's almost like the more, it's not almost, it is. The more he's gotten to know the playbook and O'Connell is comfortable that he knows the playbook, the more he's asking him to become Kirk Cousins, which he is not. Right. So, you know, I fault O'Connell a lot. I think he's had two really bad games calling plays. And I understand it's tough. It's a different quarterback. But... If this is what you're going to ask, then he should not be starting. Now, if you're willing to adjust what you think and go back a little bit more to the freelancing of Atlanta and the Saints game, then I would revisit it. But I think now he's going to be benched. I think they're going to go to a different QB. And if O'Connell wants to run the offense that he was, I think, trying to run last night, there's no need to play Josh Dobbs again. You you are literally setting him up to fail. Yeah, I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. You go. Do you it. go. <laughs> I do. I want to get into KOC and the predictability and the way that he's called this game, because that's been a constant theme this year on Before I Die and Across Vikings. But let's follow up and let's finish up with Josh Dobbs. Right. Again, grateful for what he was able to achieve. He ignited the excitement in the fan base. Does this change your opinion of Kirk Cousins? You guys, how does that performance last night view bringing Kirk Cousins back? I know a lot of people love to think that score north is all against Kirk Cousins. Has the opinion changed Judd and Ross at all, given what Josh Dobbs' uh, performed performance looked like last night? Go ahead, Roscoe. I will. I'll take this one. Uh, yeah. No, no. And it, it, my opinion of Kirk Cousins hasn't changed for the right price and the right deal. Would I entertain bringing Kirk Cousins back next year? Absolutely, I would. But it needs to come with a mutual understanding of Kirk. You're the guy now. You might not be the guy halfway through the season when we're eliminated from the playoffs. If that were to happen, you might not be the guy at the end of this season. And if the two sides can't come to that compromise, then no, you you move on. Because even though Dobbs was really bad last night, you have seen what Kevin O'Connell can maybe do with a quarterback that potentially fits the style and play that Kevin O'Connell wants. Why all of a sudden a week or two into this, he seems to steal the NASCAR term, put that restrictor plate back on. I'm not so sure. Maybe it's because of results that we saw last night but no it doesn't change my opinion of Kirk Cousins very good quarterback should be welcomed back at the right price and in the right situation but if he's not 
no, no, no. How's that go? No skin off my back. So no. <laughs> Dobbs's performance does not change how I view Kirk Cousins, does not make me appreciate him any more or less. They're entirely independent of each other. Judd, anything to add? No, I, I agree. I You know what? I would like them to find a mobile quarterback who they trust, who O'Connell can mold. That's what I keep coming back to. And yeah, I think if you could bring Kirk back on a short-term contract and draft a quarterback, that's fine. Kirk Cousins, though, has never had his replacement. Like, he doesn't like his replacement on the roster. Um, so if he's going to try and force my hand at the tender age at 36, coming off a torn Achilles, I'm going to take a hard pass there just based on business. It's not personal, Kirk. It's business. I'm 36. My Achilles is intact in case uh, that makes you feel any better about my physical etiquette. So. And you'd play for slightly less than thirty to forty-five million on. The Can pack, I just get right? like, yeah, like a grand and maybe some some coupons to places? I don't know, someone to take enough to pay a nanny full time for my children. That's what I would request. That seems that's, like a that's fair. Jesse Pierce. <laughs> I don't. I'm a simple girl, you guys. Uh, we have been talking, yeah, talking about Kevin O'Connell, who continues to be very predictable, especially when the game matters most running for minimal gain, uh, throwing short of the sticks, incredibly short choosing to punt. I mean, you guys, what is different? Is it just because last year we were so enamored with the team and Kevin O'Connell? Is that why we're noticing these difference in some of his play calling and this is who he really is? Or what do you think is, is the change in dynamic here from KOC? Because again, this year, I feel like each and every episode on this program in particular, we're questioning Kevin O'Connell for good reason, because I'm just not sure what some of these thought processes are. Ross, what are your thoughts? I wish I knew the answer to that. I, I really did. All I can do is probably echo what most people have already said. We saw it last night. I just, I don't understand in, in a game that is there for the taking, not trying to, if you check it down on third down, I don't like that, but I can listen to that. To run a play that is only designed to get the nine yards for the first down, if everybody blocks like they should, I don't like that one bit. Now, I will say this. At that time in the game, you could see multiple times how miffed and dismayed Kevin O'Connell was with what was happening at quarterback. So I kind of understand it on that level. But you had to know, if you give the ball back to even the Chicago Bears, the odds they whittle that clock down and end up kicking a game-winning field goal, pretty good especially when for some reason the defensive coordinator who blitzed all game long chooses not to blitz at all in the last series and Chicago marches all the way down the field. I don't know what to make of it. I do know it's easier to poke holes in coaches and things that happen when the team loses. If somehow they would have won last night, 10 to nine, you're probably not paying as much attention to those things, but two runs right up the gut, which everybody knew was coming. Okay, fine. But a wide receiver bubble screen on third and nine, I, I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm entirely out on that. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I think there's been more um, more perceived right or wrong inconsistencies as well. And, and I think that's frustrating. Um, for instance, in Denver, you're at 
basically midfield and it's fourth and one, you punt. Okay, why'd you punt? Everything is telling you go for it. Last <laughs> night, fourth and seven, identical, basically identical field position. You go for it. You don't get it. Now, now you were basically gambling that the Bears couldn't score a touchdown, which they didn't. They did get a field goal off that. But, you know, if you're going to go for it on fourth and seven in week, what, 12, then why aren't you go for it and going for it in the identical situation of fourth and one in a very similar type of game? So I think it's inconsistencies. Um, it felt to me like the last six quarters, especially, he is now, though, trying to get Dobbs to be a quarterback and not what Dobbs is, which is a mobile, he's a passer, but I mean, an athlete uses legs, right? And it feels like he is now defaulting to, no, this is the way I want to run the offense, which I was actually praising him for not being that guy in the Falcons game, the Saints game. Um, so I, I, I think it's that. I think it's inconsistencies, and I think it is a a tendency now to be calling plays for a quarterback he doesn't have. Felt very Kirk-like last night, like in what he wanted, and that's just not fair to Dobbs. No, it's not. I mean, I think you saw it too when Dobbs couldn't hit Jordan Addison at all, almost by 10 yards when you could have gotten that touchdown. Like, in oh. that's in Jordan Addison, I will give him, he didn't have his best game. He definitely looked off, as did every team, every part of the team. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you alluded to it there, Roscoe. B-Flow, what was he thinking? We've been so high praise of his defense, of the blitzing, and it's worked. It's done wonders. Literally, it seemed like last night, you guys, the Vikings threw out the playbook and they're like, oh yeah, we were supposed to tank this year. We weren't supposed to beat San Francisco. We weren't supposed to do these things. Like I had to literally step back and laugh last night after the game. Like I shouldn't even be mad because less than like a month ago, I was saying tank and forget it, throw it all in the trash, but they gave us that hope. Uh, but B-Flow, poor mistake, I thought. I'm not sure what his thought was uh, on the defensive play. You guys, what are your thoughts? The only thing I can think of, Judd, was he worried that it's because they were going with the short passing game. They were doing screens all night long, quick passes, because they don't think he can throw down the field, which the stats bear out that he can't. Mm -hmm. Is it possible they were worried that they were going to get burned on some pump fake and play action deep, in which I would say, I, I, I don't care. I'd rather lose maybe that way than the way that they did where look almost anybody in the nfl it could be our guy jake browning who started for the Bengals. if you rush three and drop eight and give him all day he will find people and it doesn't matter how good your defense is you can't hold up that long when you can sit in the pocket all day and look for people and then you you have the added element that justin fields could just run right which to his credit he did multiple times the vikings lost containment and he kept plays alive but I would rather go down that way. I think I saw last night, I think, John, I think Kevin Seifert had the tweet, and I don't have it in front of me. They blitzed like 60% of the time last night, but not one time on the final drive. It doesn't make any sense to me. Make it make sense, Judd. Well, what I don't understand is on that third and 10, which was the key pass that set up the field goal, why you wouldn't blitz there. And look, I, I mean, if Fields beats you with a deep pass, he does it. But he's, you know, he was clearly just flustered all last night. So that's confusing. I'm loath to blame the defense too much, though. Oh, me, me too. Right, it's just yeah. so awful. So, yeah. like, yes, that is a that's that's a confounding thing as to why that took place. But you know, when your offense plays that terrible against a team that's just not good, defensively the Bears are okay. Offensively, they are a massive mess. You're at home. You know, there were so many opportunities to win that game. And and just as you said, 
the Addison play where, yeah, it's a bad pass, but as Addison said post-game, I got to just catch that ball in balance. Like right. he needed to, I understand he wanted to catch it in stride and score a touchdown, but dude, okay, it looks like a punt. It's a really, really bad pass from a quarterback who's having a terrible night. Just stop, be aware of your feet, and catch the ball. And if you have to, just fall down. I don't care what you do. But, you know, that puts you in prime position. So I just – there's so many things about the offense that are disturbing that Flores' missteps or the defense's missteps in that last drive when they were absolutely gassed. Um, yeah, it's a disappointment, but I think we could spend the entire show just picking on – that offense and they deserve every bit of it. Can those things be fixed in two weeks? You talked about the quarterback play. You can make the argument. There's no better time to make a switch. Now, if you want to go to Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins, because they have two weeks to get more up to speed, right. although they've been in the offense, but you can also make the argument, even though he's lost two in a row, Judd, that Dobbs has done enough to probably earn at least another start. They're still in playoff contention. So a lot of those problems that you've talked about, even if you change quarterbacks, I don't know. You're not, that's not going to fix the running game. That's been a, been a nightmare all year. It's been better the last few games. So I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, this is kind of classic Vikings to be at this point in the season. And I truly don't know. I don't know what the upside is here. I don't know how far the downside is. I don't know who should be playing quarterback. It's classic Vikings. It's caught in the middle. And it is why we do a podcast called Before I Die. Because we're just, this is it. This is Vikings fandom right here, right? This I want is off it. the roller coaster. I just you want are, off you, the you entire roller coaster. I kind of want to jump off you like, know from the highest at. point and see what happens. You know where we're at? We're oh, at, if wow. you're, for those in Minnesota, if you're at Valley Fair and you're going on the wild thing, yeah. and it gets like 80% up and it stops. Yeah. That's yeah. where we're at. We're We're stuck on the ride. Yeah, but you went down the coaster on the fun side like a couple weeks. Like that's the pro. I want off the coaster of all Minnesota sports. I'm done. I'm over it. We're, but we're don't moving. you want to see where where this ends? Look, like this is. It this ends is with like you going, stuck before you can get into the tunnel, and then it rains, is, probably snows, you freeze. It's it's gonna the end fire. Poorly. The fire department's coming <laughs> to get you off the no, ride. Is, no, 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 no. This is final destination. Minnesota sports. This is gonna um, end in some great fiery crash that I'm very excited to see. I mean, but we've, I'm like Devin Sawa, and I foresaw it, and I'm going to get off. I'm going to warn everybody, tell you guys all that. But this then you know what's going to happen? Minnesota Sports is going to come get you. Yeah, after six <laughs> new uh, Final Destinations. I think there's like six or seven of those movies. I thought they uh, changed the characters, though, no? They do. It's very bizarre. It's all the same concept. I'm there's here for it, ones. though. There's some there's good, some good ones. ones. They're kind of... The early ones are good. They suck you in, man. Uh, since you're, we're all such fatalists here. The Packers probably make the playoffs over the Minnesota Vikings, right? <laughs> fun. So I was thinking about this last night because they've now pulled with what? Pulled within a half a game. Yeah. They still play. Yeah, they still play each other. Yeah. But okay, I am a fatalist, as we all know. And I was lived in fear of Green Bay winning the Super Bowl all of last year, as people probably remember. I don't think that that will happen this year. But hear me out, Judd and Jesse. Is it possible if the Packers sneak into the playoffs and the Vikings miss the playoffs? Is it possible in the long run that could actually be good for the Vikings if the Packers choose to say, well, we we rallied around Jordan Love. He played better in the second half and no. they choose not to dabble at a quarterback. Now, the other side to that is maybe Jordan Love is figuring things out and he will be a good quarterback for them for a long time. But there is a scenario here where Green Bay making the playoffs could actually be a good thing 
but that's so weird for me to say because I just despise that franchise so much. But yeah, there. Who would have thought two years in a row, Green Bay left for dead, and now here they are knocking on the door of the playoffs, and the Vikings have left the door. Uh, I wouldn't even say slightly ajar, John. It's wide open at this point. Well, yeah, there's, what, three teams, at, mm-hmm. uh, I think, that are half a game back. Look, I mean, the seventh seed's going to be terrible, so that's that's the thing. I was saying this before. You know, win last night's game. Hell, you should have won the Denver game, and you've got a chance to win the division. And the Vikings bleeped that away. So <laughs> had to get like, at least one. Had to get at least one of the two. Division was, but you know, Detroit's opened the door themselves a little more than a crack at this point. They're, they're not playing well, so I I don't know. But I mean, I just know that last night was just an eyesore. That's that's I just I can't get past how bad that game was. Just the adjective. I want to hear your guys's adjectives. Drop them in the comments below. Just give me something good. Give me something new. Give me they're something fresh you, to really just describe. Give you words that you don't want your kids to hear. <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm so here for how it. Is, how is their reading ability at this stage of life? Oh, the oldest is quite the reader. The other one okay. can't tell his head from his butt sometimes. I don't know. He's, he's you, a special you might, one. You might one. want to make sure they can't access the comments of this episode. Well, that's fine. They'll go to war for me. They're some of my best shining knights in armor when uh, someone's no. talking smack, probably. No. Actually, Including I'm just the dumb kid? Including the dumb kid. Well, the dumb kid, he's he's very Jeez. sassy. <laughs> you should say can't tell us. I'm, I mean, just being I honest. That's a, what a parent does. You get to be honest. Um, I'm going to be honest. Sure. I would love to hear some comments from YouTube from this week. Comments from YouTube. Okay, here we go. From Michael Costell, 5314. Really hope they try and keep Flores over him taking a head coaching job. Remember, we talked about that last week. I am not off the B-Flow bandwagon after last night, nor do I think anybody else should be. Here is the question off of that comment. Percent chance. Give me a percentage, Judd and Jesse, that Brian Flores is back in 24 with the Minnesota Vikings. Jesse? 70%. It's high. I feel like that's really high. But maybe he, you know, I don't know that teams are going to come calling right away. I think there certainly have been very impressed. I think he's proven himself. But maybe, you know, give us, I just want another year. Maybe I'm just putting it out into the atmosphere that I want another year. So I'm saying 70%. Still leaves the door open at 30% for it not to happen. But 70 feels like a good number. Judd, you're rolling your eyes at me, which makes me believe oh, you no, disagree. No, 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 mm-hmm. I, I actually, I actually probably side with, with you more. Uh, I'm going to say 55%. And, and I think it's I think it's decent because of the fact that his lawsuit against the league itself mm-hmm. is still ongoing. And I don't think it's going to be un- unless it gets um, settled within the next few months. I don't know how many teams are going to be anxious to hire a guy who is actively suing the league. And the shield can be, well, he's a defensive guy. And I think we are going to see, again, another plethora of offensive guys get jobs. So I think it's uh, if the lawsuit gets settled, I think his chances go way up. But, you know, that's going to play a role for teams. Make make no mistake. There's going to be some teams that are not going to want to hire a guy who is in the process of essentially suing Roger Goodell. Well, we've talked about this before, too. He's been a head coach. He probably has the luxury of knowing what he's looking for more than he did the last time. So you sit aside or you sit around, you maybe wait for the perfect job. But Adam Schefter tweeted this morning, there could be anywhere from seven to 10 jobs over and or jobs open this year. And he says he's taking the over. So if it's truly a third of the league looking for a head coach, 
you know Brian Flores would be on the list for at least some of those. Yeah, I think he'd be good with the Carolina Panthers, who, of course, have a job opening. Question? Wait, 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 no. wait. Do we think yeah. that Brian Flores, I'm only going to say it once. Do we think that Brian Flores could teach the Minnesota Wild how to play defense any more effectively than they have been? I need an obligatory hockey mention open. <laughs> I just needed to sneak in one. There's been a whole lot going on in the hockey world, Bob guys. Woods couldn't, so. <laughs> Judd, your thoughts on uh, WLOL and WCCO radio personality John Hines taking over behind the bench. No, no. You know what? John's retired now. I, I believe he he does uh, he does really good voiceover work for, if I'm not mistaken, Quick Trip and an insurance company. No, uh, R- Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. So, or like you care, time. right? Yeah. yeah. This is such an inside radio Minnesota joke, but I'm assuming a good chunk joke. of people. If good you don't chunk get of it, people got fine. it. Yeah. <laughs> Jameer asked, or maybe Jamie Rask, let's go with that. 8527 says, go Timberwolves. Here's my question to you guys. More likely, the Minnesota Vikings make the playoffs this year. Or the Minnesota Timberwolves are a top two seed in the Western Conference. How about Judd? You go first. I think the Vikings, well, first of all, I think they both could happen. I mean, the Wolves look legit, but I think the Vikings make the playoffs. That seventh seed, who knows? Again, when it used to be six seeds, then yeah, you're probably not going to make it if you're having a season like the Vikings are having. But I mean, one pretty mediocre to crappy football team is going to make it at least one. Maybe two. I would say, I would say the Vikings, but I'm not shutting the door on the Timberwolves possibilities. Uh, Skull. I only because admittedly, I have not caught a peep, an iota of Timberwolves basketball. I'm sorry. That's not because I'm against it. I just, I haven't watched T-Wolves basketball since like the nineties, which I loved when I was a young child. It was my favorite. I really enjoyed Wally Zerbiak. It was great. Um, Yeah, I was a Wally. I just, I really was into it. I know I was there. Great eyebrows too. Yeah. Right. Big man. Uh, And then, yeah, I cover that other winter sport team here in the Twin Cities. So I just haven't watched it. So gold Vikings. A question that I'm adding, this is comment from Ross. Ross will be attending the December 14th Minnesota Wild game. Will the Minnesota Wild be back in the win column by then? That's about two and a half weeks from now. Oh, the Viking fans are going to be pissed about all this hockey talk. (laughs) (laughs) Check out Judd's Hockey Show this week to find out the answer to that and much, much more. Uh, No, I don't know. The Wild, they're they're a thing. That's a whole thing. Just to finish that topic, Judd, I'm I'm with you. It feels impossible the Vikings win two weeks from now when they take on the Las Vegas Raiders. But if they win, suddenly you start to do the math. I mean, looking at it right now, if they go three and two from here on out, nine and eight probably gets it done. Especially wins is against the Packers. Watch games, watch games, watch games, and you make sense. And I'm not talking about the Vikings. You make sense of this league. I no, it's tough. It's tough. Which is part of what makes it fun. I mean, it's not good, but it's fun. Well, it's according honest. to Tom Brady, it's really bad, basically. It's really right? bad. You don't want to see it. I, oh, I love Randy Moss's uh, reaction to that. That was pretty accurate. Like, we made these quarterback rules for you, Tom. We had to change everything for you. Well, so. and Randy benefited from it. so he And Randy play. did. Exactly. Also, I love that they played together, too. So that, well, makes, right. it, that makes it even better. Just beautiful uh let's move on guys let's wrap up this week's episode of before i die with as always our before i dies 
Time now for the Before I Die crew to give us their <clears throat> Before I Die. Judley, why don't you kick us off this week? Okay. Before I die, before I die, NHL teams are going to stop hiring retread coaches who have resumes that include New Jersey and Nashville and some minor league experience, and they have lousy playoff records, but yet they get the job, and it's not an interim job. It's a full-time job. Um, You know, okay, you blew Dean out. That's fine. Which, and hell, I agree with it. But can you, can you just go get an interim guy for, you know, for a few months or the rest of the season and figure it out? Why do we always, it seems like th- this league, there are, you know, there's this, there's this um, carousel of coaches, right? Always available. And if they're not employed, they're just on the carousel. And then they get plucked off. It's like when, it's like when you're a kid in grade school and you go to the skating rink and they've got the snowball thing and, and like the girls go around and they choose a guy to, it's like, it's like, (laughs) my God, can we get some stability here? Can we get some original thinking? Can we get something new? So before I die, that's my goal. John, you know, the Dean move I agree with, but just to bring in John Hines now, uh, it does nothing for me really. Zero excitement. I have a lot to say on it, but I'll refrain for you fans, just for you people. Judd's we'll talk show. about it on Judd's Hockey Show tomorrow. Uh- <laughs> I can't wait till you go off. <laughs> Ross, she's holding your- it back. You oh, it's so hard. It. It's oh, so I, hard all day I today. I, just I, am- I admire. Mm-hmm. I admire. She's mm-hmm. like that dog that knows it's not supposed to bark and is holding it in, but eventually it's going to. That, it hurts my takes. soul. It hurts my soul. I I, I pushed Billy G's buttons night. today a little bit too hard, so I'm trying to be a better person. He won't give me contract numbers. I just want to know how long. Yeah, and by the way, I don't want to go down that road either. But how how do we not know that? Why how that that makes no coaches sense con- to me? Coaches' contracts are some of the most notorious hidden things in all sports. Stupid. If you think about it. Because because you don't have to release them, because when it comes to player contracts across sports, they're going to get out because they have to be filed. Mm-hmm. Coaches' contracts, I don't think, are filed. They might be filed with the league, but that's it. There's no players' association. Well, I just or assumed, there's... yeah, because it's not against the cap. It doesn't have anything to yep, do with any no of it, coaches right? Association, so you never find out. Think about all of the contracts. Mm-hmm. We're lucky if we know the length. We never know the numbers. Before I die, Judd and Jesse. And Judd, Jesse, you might know things that I don't, and I'm I'm willing to be crucified for having a horrible take here. I firmly believe when Adrian Peterson, Steve Hutchinson, you name it, whoever it is, when they blow into that Gallahorn, it's not their noise that's coming out of that. That is some piped-in sound. It always sounds the same when they blow on that thing. There's no way... Their little makes that big noise. I want this that. This was just a thing yesterday. I, I know they showed, on... AP, they, they showed AP no, doing it, right? No, 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 no. This was a thing on that other radio station um, that discussed this, in fact. You can say it. K-Fan had talked yeah. about it. I believe it was. They claim it's real? Because I don't know. No, they said it. it's not. They said it's not. Really? They were like, yeah, it's not. that's not them making the noise. Then what's the point? Why are we even doing it? So before I die, scrap- I was waiting for some sort of mockery or something. No, like, I'm not. Yeah, no. it was on. It was on the no. on the old radio yesterday. No, no, hat tip to them. Great. I'm glad it was exposed. Let's be done with that. Nobody. <laughs> first off, we don't need it. Nobody cares. You know, it's whatever. 
Yeah. So before I die, be done with it. And I'm glad it was exposed if it truly was exposed. Mm-hmm. Before I die, I want to see more pettiness on the football field sometimes. I think there's a lot of it. Like Justin Fields mocking. Like, I love it. I am here for the petty. Let it be. Let's not get all up in arms about it. Let's not get mad and be like, that's mean. Like, it's hilarious. Let's appreciate when people are quick and witty. And that's not just football, but that's across all sports. Like, enjoy it for what it is. If somebody chirps me with a good chirp, I freaking love it. I think it's hilarious. Go for it. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Don't get mad about it. That seems silly. You know what else I love that's along those lines, Jesse? We talk about, oh, you know, it's, this is our rival. These teams don't like each other very much. I don't know why I'm sounding like Tony Romo or Chris Collinsworth right there. But the moment the game's over, 80 to 90% of them are smiling, laughing, yeah. slapping on the back, shaking hands. We're hanging out at midfield. We're having a grand old time. No, they're... There are fan base rivalries. There's really no real rivalries in professional sports anymore. That's a little hyperbole. Of course there is, but it's not nearly what it used to be with free agency guys changing teams all the time. Last night, I think every Viking member was talking to a Bears member on the field. Mm -hmm. You say petty. I want to be so angry. We're ripping stuff up on the way back to the. (laughs) Yeah. Played that poorly and lost a game. I mean, the Panthers and Senators started a new rivalry last night. So there you go. Sorry. Last one, guys. Last one. That's lucky for you. Everybody gets a major. (laughs) Uh, Guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Before I Die on Score North. Don't forget to check out all of our Purple Daily content, along with all of Score North's content covering Timberwolves, Wild, Vikings, and much, much more. Even a little bit of those Minnesota Twins, which are also peeing us off. peeving us off that sounded peeing off sounded worse than what i intended to cover up but uh until next week you guys skull vikings gonna be a long two weeks in hannah